Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This week's episode of Huddles and Stout, episode 12, week 9. We are fast approaching the halfway point of the season. And you know what? I couldn't be happier to be joined by Rocky. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, Thank you for your kind words. I thought maybe your decision was half made to can me for next season. No, 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 no. I think uh, good luck, Dave. I think so. Um, but yeah, look, an intriguing week eight um, and a very intriguing week nine, would be fair to say. So without much further ado, because we do have an, an, a, a bumper um, divide and go this week, I think there's a lot to kind of get through. I might just quickly get into our around the ground as such. Week eight recap. So kicking it off. The Sasquatch stat. Um, two numbers, Matt Ryan cannot escape. 28 and 3. Um, so Matt Ryan's tenure as a Colts starting quarterback quarterback, lasted just 28 weeks and 3 days. That's pretty cruel. It's actually it's pr- stunning the way how... Borderline bullying at this it stage. Is, yeah. Matt Ryan's just um, shaking his fist up at the Matt sky Ryan. saying, Damn you, universe... <laughs> Matt Ryan wants to have a pop at me. I'll, uh, I'll tweet him outside of court. Um, yeah, but I suppose without digging around too much, uh, the week eight results. So kicking off Thursday night football, uh, Baltimore go to five and three, drop the Buccaneers to three and five, twenty-seven twenty-two, favor of the Ravens. In the final London game, I think this season, the Broncos overcame the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars twenty-one points to seventeen. Carolina and Atlanta faced off in a doozy in the early slate, 37-34 to 34 in favour of Atlanta after overtime. Chicago heavily beaten by the Dallas Cowboys, 49 points to 29. The Dolphins overcame the Detroit Lions, 31 points to 27. Vikings stretched their lead at the NFC North, 6-1, uh, overcoming the Cardinals, 34 points to 26. The Raiders laid a duck egg. Um, in New Orleans, the Saints victory there, 24 points to 0. Patriots overcame the Jets, 22 points to 17. In the Pennsylvania Derby, Philly stretched out to 7-0, overcoming the Steelers, 35 points to 13. Tennessee, 17, Texans 10. Washington, 17, Colts 16. 
In the battle of the two surprise sides, I think, I think this, this season, fair to say, Seattle overcame the Giants 27 points to 13. Bit of a Geno Smith revenge game. I think that we kind of missed off in the, the pre-game previews last week. Um, San Francisco overcame the Rams 31-14. And then Sunday Night Football, obviously Buffalo overcame Green Bay 27 points to 17. And finally last night in the Ohio Derby as such, for, for want of a better phrase, Cleveland overcame the Bengals, a side that Joe Burrow is yet to defeat in the Browns. 32 points to 13. Um, and I suppose those are the results from week 8. Yeah, some surprises in there, some well-expected results. The, uh, the Browns bludgeoning Cincinnati was a surprising enough result. Um... They had the Cincy O-line looking like week one. They had the Cincy O-line looking like the Cincy O-line has looked, to be fair. Um, as a side, they they struggle any rush with it against any rush D with a pulse, to be honest. Um, and then... But yeah, surprising results. Sorry, yeah, and then obviously um, say, it was a surprising result. And then the Raiders being shut out by New Orleans... Uh, another, you know, you thought we thought um, Vegas were getting their things together and big old goose egg in- inexplicably. Yeah. Again, to what's not been a, an overly like promising. Uh, frankly, very Saints disappointing look. Saints defense, anyway. I think we'll move on to the main segment tonight. Obviously, five and goal. Five and goal. Um, now, I suppose, is as good a point as any to remind all our listeners, weekly listeners, one-time listeners, listeners for the first time, of our affiliate partners, usasports.co.uk. It's getting cold. You need a hoodie, you need a beanie. Just click the link in the podcast description view a wide variety of u.s sporting apparel there's a lot going on there's been some crazy moves today um in the nba we've got a world series currently going on in major league baseball i mean obviously look this is an nfl podcast we all love our nfl mm. so there's, there's plenty but uh yeah i suppose moving on i think it's yourself to lead us off i think it is tonight. i think was it last week i made the gaff anyway i'll make up for it this time i'll go first of the divine persuasion beautiful beautiful okay so Packers 17 Bills 27 so despite taking the foot off the gas Green Bay fought back against the Bills but they couldn't mount a comeback is there any chance at all for the Packers this year um, if you want to look at the remaining strength of schedule which isn't always the best way because it just it naturally gets inflated and deflated with them um, with division records and records. Uh, Green Bay has the seventh hardest remaining schedules. Uh, they have games with Philly, Minnesota, Dallas, Tennessee, and Miami coming up. And Minnesota have the 11th hardest with games uh, such as Buffalo, Dallas, New New York Giants. So Green Bay have the harder schedule. They're also significantly more hurt than Minnesota. What, what do you think? Is there any chance for them this year? Um, 
I would I, I like I think Minnesota is, is firmly in the driving seat for the NFC North. Like there's no debate there. I think the record speaks for itself. We'll get to them a little bit later mm. on the show. I think Chicago and Detroit are potentially easier rivals. So can Green Bay finish second in the division? Yeah. Do I think second in the NFC North is good enough given what we've seen of the NFC East and as of late the NFC West? I can't sit here and say that they they'll make the playoffs. If they do, I think they'd be an eight seed. Um, I just think it's 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 getting late early in Green Bay. It's getting late early. Even like I'm and I'm very comfortable saying that. I just they haven't looked like themselves. They've talked about how this game that they were going to be built on a, like a heavy run game. I drafted AJ Dillon on the back of it, uh, and I've let me tell you as a fantasy i've ruled that decision big time um they're they're not strong in the run game either there's nothing particularly to lean on no one i think um in the game versus buffalo they started to lean on it and they started to get a bit of production from it but you know we're we're just after finishing up week eight there it's a bit late to discover oh yeah we can run the ball uh, as you said aj Dillon had a, a breakout year last year a lot of people expected him to have uh, a running back number one type season with Aaron Jones sort of filling in for the receiver reps. Um, those Some of those people were me. Um, but that didn't <laughs> that didn't pan out. Um, obviously, I think we've talked about on numerous occasions just the lack of chemistry with uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers and his young receivers. Even Randall Cobb is now hurt. Uh, Mercedes Lewis had a good game, um, not obviously the week gone by, two or three games ago, and now he's on the, the injury report. Um, just offensively, it's not gone well. David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, obviously, is coming back from a ACL last season. He's not looking as good this season. It's a, it's a mountain of not just ill fortune, but mistakes and bad play. So mm. you you can't you can't yeah. excuse it all away. Yeah. Um. No, I I would definitely be in agreement. I just it's frustrating to say if I was a Packers fan because it's not the hardest year to come out of the NFC. I think that's fair to say. I know the NFC East has been been good. There's some promising signs in the NFC West, but it's it's not the toughest season to come out of the NFC this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But even. They haven't even separated themselves from Detroit or Chicago. They've looked on par with those teams. And Chicago have fumbled the way towards three wins now. Like, they're they're obviously shipping out some of their key players. But, you know, I don't expect Green Bay to have a far superior record by season's end. No, no I'd, be, I'd be in agreement. Um. I suppose moving on to maybe potentially a side that that has um, maybe over delivered in contrast to maybe Green Bay. Um, so, so I suppose given Tyler Lockett's comments post game and the contrasting forms of the Broncos, that's probably a bit tongue in cheek, I suppose, given they did pick up the win in London and the Seahawks versus what the expectation was for both sides. Is it starting to look like Russell Wilson was potentially the problem? Um, and just to give a bit of con- conjecture, 
Tyler Lockett's comments basically post game he was asked why he thought Seattle were off to such a, a hot start and less what what he said and how he said it. He kinda leant into the mic kind of and said this shows you what's possible when no one on the side has an ego and no one cares who's the top performer. Oh. It was more the manner I suppose in his delivery. What can we draw from this? What's changed between this year and last year? Not much except Chris Carson. Yeah, don't, don't think it's Chris Carson. No, that's... Um, um, I think Walk was potentially looking like an upgrade on Chris Carson, though, but that wasn't uh, planned. That's That seems to be pretty damning now for, for mm. Russell Wilson. Um you, you w- it would also indicate, you know, what might back that up is obviously Gino's been on the bench for the last number of seasons. You know, I can't imagine there's much of an ego, if at all, with, with Gino. He's he's had to sit back and watch other people get their chances. And here he comes. He's, um, you say over-delivering. It's certainly, you know, compared to preseason expectations, but... He's he's looked the part of his of his play. It it doesn't seem streaky or fluky. He is really captaining Seattle to where they are right now. Um, mm. those comments are bad. They're a bad look for Russell. Yeah, I, I encourage you all to kind of go and see if you can if you catch the clip. It's it's more his delivery to me. It speaks volumes. He's in proper sits up and leans into the camera. Um, now. I suppose, like, fucking, like we all sort of discussed, say, in the preseason previews, and at the time it seemed that way, that Seattle was, in effect, blowing it up. Um, they obviously traded away Russell Wilson. They have an agent coach in Pete Carroll. And then at the time, they kind of let Bo- Bobby Wagner also just walk off to the LA Rams as well. But they didn't blow it up. They, they held on to the big pieces, obviously, still have Tyler Lockett. Still have DJ Metcalf. They they lost Chris Carson. That was a medical um, retirement. But I think as well, what what's understating this is Pete Carroll looks younger by the week. <laughs> he does. He's um, like it's just it's been a joy to watch. We discussed maybe this is his yeah, final season, and maybe it is. But again, one of our numerous bad takes. And here I was like scrambling, adding x's and y's you know trying to point towards why this was pete carroll's last season and now i'd be very surprised if it was um mm-hmm. you know he's he can run the the offense he wants and it's working now and yeah yeah it's it's uh it's good teams and look i think they could easily make the playoffs maybe like I think at this moment in time they're not going to maybe win an NFC West especially given what we've seen on Sunday but they're definitely a, like a one of the favourites for a wild card spot easy yeah I think so um, and I suppose maybe another you know kick while they're down for, for Denver and we'll we'll cover this towards the end of the podcast I think is it may have it may have played a part in a trade involving Denver Obviously, the the trade deadline is at um, 8 p.m. GMT. So we'll do a recap at the end of the episode 
of the trades that have taken place. But I think we talked about it last week that Denver are, are wasting at their top tier defense because Russell can't, he can't, you know, mm. do his part. Moving on. Yeah. Chicago versus Dallas. The Dallas defense looks super bowl caliber. The offense is operating more smoothly as Dak gets used to football again. Are or should the Cowboys be amongst the top tier of teams this year? Right. I think what we should do prior to discussing this is establish what the top tier is and i think we'll probably be in agreement with most media outlets there's probably three teams there um buffalo philly and kansas not necessarily in that order but those three teams personally for me i think i have dallas as the number four the next one the first in queue to get into that tier i don't i don't think you feel the same Do and I don't. So like I'm not just like knocking their performance. Offensively they were phenomenal. But defensively, that bear side is limited in terms of weapons. I think we're in agreement there. And at home they gave up three hundred and seventy one total yards and twenty nine points. I know they I know they lobbed forty nine points in retaliation, but are we maybe overreacting to Michael Parsons? I think did did Philly also potentially and I I touch every piece of wood right now because there's a potential we play Dallas three times this season. Did Philly potentially show you how to succ- like how to succumb Micah and that like when we made him make a decision he didn't look all that hot. I when we got that RPO game running game he didn't look all yeah, that hot. Yeah, look, I agree with you and I do think I speak for you and I want to just disclaim to our audience that Micah Parsons is very good at football and is. Absolutely. Is a legitimate, probably will be a defensive player of the year candidate for the next no, m- number of years. Certainly, Absolutely. that um, fumble You've recovery. Got to put it in perspective, and people are people are comparing him to Lawrence Taylor already, and I'm not sure I'm willing to accept that just yet. Um, yeah, I think certainly that um, fumble return for a touchdown that was a that was a bad mistake by Fields. All he needs to do is drop a knee, not injure uh, Micah Parsons, but just touch him down, and that. It's a fumble recovery, very nice. Parsons showed hustle, but that's the sort of play that will be used to strengthen his DPOY candidacy. And uh, to me, that's a a gift to him. Um, but look, yeah, the Chicago offense is not good. It's not pretty, and we saw them give up twenty nine points. And sure, last mm. week they did a number against Detroit, but then the week prior to that, they surrendered. Um, 20, was it 27 points to Philadelphia so I, I'm i not worried about their defense I do think however that maybe Dak coming back has them playing not as hard they don't feel as if they have to cover for Cooper Rush because mm. all of that psychological stuff that weight psychological yeah yeah to use the um, scientific term well, we'll answer me this, I suppose, to kind of, because we are kind of running out of time with them, but top tier, how many sides do you think are in your top tier? Well, look, I'm firmly against having too many in your top tier. I think four tops. Like, I would, 
I would say Buffalo, Philly, um, top two in each division. I'd say Kansas are better than them. I would say, let's see a few more weeks into it, the Dolphins may be better than them. Yeah, well, they were undefeated before he started having uh, concussion issues. Issues, yeah. Um, I think you should only really ever have two or three top teams. Yeah, look, I do, I, I'm not in favour of lumping people in there without proving. Dallas have looked better, but yeah, yeah th- I think they don't look quite on the level as, um, you know, scoring monsters. Buffalo and Kansas, or as well rounded as Philly. Yeah, but, but they are on they are on the bubble. They're absolutely, the absolutely. They're happy to admit that. Um, might need the full allotment of time for this one. Um, but I suppose many of us, including journalists on much higher salaries than ourselves, had labelled the Raiders as the best two and four team in recent years. They're now two and five. But given the performance against the Saints, are the Raiders just bad? Just before we do discuss this, uh, you mentioned journalists on higher, much higher salaries than ourselves. What did you do with your last paycheck? I invested it in football. Oh, very wise. Very uh, foresightful of you. I put a down payment on a Freddo. Yeah. How much money are you making? Well, I, sell, I think you want higher salary. I'm, I'm siphoning funds off the top. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, the Raiders or the Saints, are the Raiders really bad? Were the Saints really good? It's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, But yeah. probably leaning a bit more to the Raiders just being bitty, bitty bad. It's not a good look for Jack. No. Dishy do. Offensive mastermind, Josh McDuey. Um, Devontae Adams, one Good. catch for, is it seven yards? Seven, six, seven, nine, one of those. Um, yeah. Josh Jacobs, a ghost. And you've got Andy Dalton looking like... Um, Patrick Mahomes on the other side. I think that's a bit of a um, But I mean... I think Alvin Kamara looked like Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. That's um, a big... A big bonus back for uh, Nola. I think... Um, even with Andy Dalton sort of quarterback and for the Saints, I think they're averaging over 30 points. So their offense has actually been okay the last uh, three games. It's their defense this year that has been really underperforming. And we just saw them step up. Um, yeah. I actually think, I know you, you predicted a really bad record for them. And I've been congratulating you. I'm starting to flip. I think they're... They could easily turn their season around now with the way their division's gone. It's like they're trying to give them a wild card yeah, spot. Not a wild card, a division winner spot. The fine turn their season around. Like, this could be like the, the NFC East this season. The, at the time, Washington football team made the playoffs with a losing record. Like, the NFC South could legitimately have a, a side win the division with a losing record. Yeah, that's, that's fine, but what about the... Was it 2008 Giants 
Um, he got into the playoffs with an 8-8 eight eight record and went on to win the Super Bowl. All you need to do is get to the playoffs and who knows what happens. I feel I do feel bad for Slayton, New Orleans. Um, I don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, I really don't. I know you don't. I really don't know. Um, I do think just Dalton I'm, I'm can. I'm very confident. Dalton might get them wins though. I don't trust Atlanta. Until it's prime time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't know if I trust Tampa Bay to get it back together. I don't know if I trust Atlanta to stay ahead of the Saints. And I don't trust the Panthers. Despite PJ Walker being a big surprise as well. Yeah, the, the big surprise is Atlanta. Like they've... That's incredible coaching. And potentially a shoe-in for coach of the year candidate. Given the spend offensively. And like I said to Brady Garrett, like name me a defensive player on that side. You can't. Like because they're... Like it's like if you play Madden and you play... AJ Terrell. 2042 they're like trying to generate players like but no well, I, I, I take your point it's um the man in the street couldn't I, another team I think we had as a, a bottom feeder at the start and look they're um they're not tearing the league up four, four, but they are in the lead for the division so division champion yep 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 um okay well, let's go back to Gino, or more accurately, Gino's trip to New York. New York falls to Seattle. The Gino train goes on, and the Giants fall to third in the division. Let's predict the final standings for the NFC boost. To be honest, <laughs> this probably isn't that tough uh, an assignment. Um, yeah, I'd say... Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. Pass. Boom. I think that's it. Um, like the Washington, Washington are four and four. They look feisty with Heineke, but they've already lost two division games, and they've got the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. The Giants are third. Nice. Um, they've got tough games. They, they've obviously, to everybody's surprise, they've won six games. They've beaten. Jacksonville, the Ravens, Green Bay, Chicago, Carolina, and Tennessee. Right, Tennessee are a good-looking team now, but at the start of the season, they weren't. So, the Ravens... They were still an adjustment. Hmm? They were still an adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and credit to Mike Vrabel, Vrabel from going from 0-2 to 5-2, wherever they are now. Um, mm. But the Ravens are their only, like, wow, well done. Well done, New York. And even that's debatable. Like the Ravens have thrown away a few games. The Ravens' season. weakness um, this season is yeah, not holding leads. And then yeah, um, yeah I just think the Cowboys cash and win stretch. I, I still think we could get three teams from the NFC East into the playoffs, but because like I mean, if the if if the Giants were to win another four games on the stretch, Jesus, if they if they were to go fight four and five, which Look, it's achievable if they they take a game off us. Um, easy they go four and five. Like ten wins is enough to make the playoffs, especially in the NFC. Certainly, season. absolutely. Um, so. We are seeing uh, like a couple of top heavy with the records. We've got a couple of teams at you know seven and zero, six and one, six and two. 
but there's a lot there's, it's very murky around uh, three of five, four and four, so yeah, it there's I'd say tiebreakers will really come into play this year. It was a, that's a short one now. What are we going to do with all this extra time? I think we're we are in agreement. We're probably going to put it into the final question. You have, yeah, answers, I'd say. Um, yeah, look, I suppose staying with the NFC, just given how strong the 49ers look with the McCaffrey trifecta. So, for those of you that aren't aware, McCaffrey had a rushing TD, a receiving TD, and he passed for a TD on Sunday. Um, yes, yeah, so what? And other performances. Yes, yeah, so what? I do that like. Uh, he, he looked phenomenal. <laughs> he looked phenomenal. Um, like it's not like it. To consider that Debo Samuel missed that game as well. Like, um, and I suppose, and it's it's always on the back of, and I know we've talked about them a lot in this segment, but Seattle. Um, has it got late early for the Rams? The reason I bring this up is they've already lost twice to the Niners this season. I think they mm-hmm. are. They could be done soon. The Rams. Yeah, they could be done before we. Well, we don't, but before. I think our cross Atlantic cousins split bread and split turkey. Sure. I done. I think they're done now. I do. I think um. Uh, certainly not mathematic mathematically. Um, but uh, yeah. The, the Rams, they looked as if they were kind of holding it together. I think it, it was 14-10 to, to the Rams at one point in that game. But we saw their their bad O-line come back, you know, rearing its head. That looked to be an issue. Cooper Cup is potentially hurt. Uh, Terrell Henderson looks fine. There's... Like I sort of say, look, anything could sort of happen if you sneak your way into the 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 playoffs. I would not be confident with the Rams. If I was a Rams fan and they snuck their way in with the last place, the last wildcard slot, I I wouldn't expect them to to compete in their their wildcard game. I my confidence level with them is just so low at the moment. Particularly with Cup, their only decent defensive player at the moment, potentially injured. Yeah, I, like Adam Robinson is going to be a disappointment. Yeah, certainly. Um, the rush game just mounted, mounted, and Matt Stafford has been he's been poor. It's like he's not been like an average quarterback. He's been poor. I know we're talking maybe he's hurt and stuff like that, but he's just been poor, and it just. It's, it's it's an incredible fall from grace, and you kind of go like, "Come on a minute, okay, you you made Aaron Donald come back for this." Yeah. Yep. Because the defense has still been playing at its level. Yeah. No, it's AD is is looking well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's still playing well. Um, it's just nothing's clicking on offense, except Cooper Cup. He's just now injured. Um. It's a tough one. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I think we might we might um stick a fork or we read the obituary on the Rams as a as a topic of discussion down the stretch. 
what you said or in the second half of the season unless the strength of the team to be better but the schedule doesn't look all that no appealing not either. kind at all uh, it's considering considering I thought they were safe favourites at the start of the year mm. there you go they look crap Trey Lance um, was injured and you've got Jimmy G maybe not as high ceiling but more consistent and there you go now the Niners are in the driving seat um, well I say in the driving seat Seattle is as the top but but uh, I think the, the Niners are favourites yeah Yeah, so from sunny LA to New Jersey, Robert Sala made a point um, of promoting Mike White to quarterback two for the Jets prior to the game versus New England. Considering Zach Wilson's consistently poor, ugly, like just mind-bending bad play at times, does this foreshadow a possible benching for the Jets QB one. Oh look, I know he was the second overall pick last year, but man, maybe there maybe there has been flashes. Poor, <laughs> there's been. I can see you're you're raring to jump in there. Of a few of a few points to make. Please do. Firstly, Mike White, uh, get a grip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike White had a decent game. Was quoted as saying. Uh, if you ask me, I should have been the number one. <laughs> yeah, and then threw four interceptions the next game, and we never saw Legendary him. status. So Mike White can... Yeah. The thing for me with Zach Wilson is, and maybe it's kind of more a topic for your point questions, but I just think when you look at him play, it's... Like, we could slay Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that, and, and people have started the wagon up. He's a bust. But the one thing you can say about Trevor Lawrence is he manages the pocket exceptionally. If you look at Zach Wilson, he's kind of scrambling around there for his life. He's jumpy. Yep. And if you look at where he's throwing the ball from, it's usually like, it's got to be 10, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Because he's backpedaled out of the Yeah, pocket. or he's, just, he's always at the sideline. Yeah, he's just, the talent's undeniable. But, at a certain point in time, you have to go. You should be being coached on how to step up into the pocket, and, and you should have brought that from college um, a basic understanding of it. But then you look at kind of the comments around Joe Flacco and 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 the kind of the incident with the the more mature lady and stuff like that, and you just kind of you wonder if if maybe there's there's a grey matter issue there. Like maybe he's got all the talent in the world, but he's just not clever he's not coachable mm. what he did he, I think he did go to BYU and if you've ever seen any uh, <laughs> there was like a, a rake of uh, TikTok videos for our younger our younger audience TikTok videos of BYU students um, being interviewed and I don't want to slate generalize against t- BYU students but <laughs> it's um, let's just say it's uh, an easy university to get into Oh, well, look, uh, and look, don't get me wrong. I know, like, the Mormon boys, when they get a bit of money, they go wild. But, yeah, I just I just wonder about the IQ sometimes, and I just... And look, look, let's not be honest, but he's playing for the Jets. And look, he did lose the ultimate safety blanket in Brees Hall. 
um, has gone to see him at an ACL, and, and he kind of helped him along a long way. Um, but that's yeah, that's really just highlighted like um, the Jets' defense, much like the Broncos' defense, it's it's really compensating for poor quarterback play. What really spurred me um, to sort of bring this up as a point, and it's as as you say, a big boneheaded decision, low IQ play. He was throwing it out of bounds and threw it down the sideline for an interception. Like, come on. Like, mm. you could say mm. that's, oh, that's a, a rookie mistake or a sophomore mistake or whatever other Americanism mistake. But, like, that's, that's crazy. That's, like, high school football here. Peewee football here. Yeah, no, and I, and I get that. And that but, but the scary thing for me there is that's not just a low IQ play, it's a low football IQ play. Yeah. And that's when it gets scary. That's, for me, like, that's um, the, I know we're moving on now, but that's the type of mistake you, you expect to see PJ Walker make or, or Geno's, you know, not expect them, but you, you would expect them given their limited playing time. But Zach Wilson... Yikes. Well, the argument there is that is the I, I, I counteract that. I said that like the boys that come up the hard way, like your PJ Walker, um, who's kind of gone and had to play in the XFL and has had to go and get they're not making that mistake. Gino's not making that mistake. It probably is the like of a Zach Wilson who's had all the natural gifts in the world um and probably hasn't had to over analyze his game that that's likely to make that mistake. But look, we digress. Um and we kind of that's kind of is a, is a bit of crossover in the next question we may get back on to Zach Wilson um, yeah I suppose my next question I suppose is probably a side that's maybe a bit overlooked is, is like were it not for I suppose Philly this season and, and Buffalo more more I suppose more exclusively Philly because of the change um, I feel much of the talk in the newsroom would be on Tua and the 5 and 3 5 and 1 with Tua Finns are the Dolphins a dark horse for AFC gold? Um, oh, I, I think so. Because, as we we alluded to earlier on, were they undefeated with two and starting? The five and one, five, five and, and one. one. So, and he's got um both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in the top five in passing yards. Like that's not easy, and it's a big leap he took from last year when people were thinking, right, this is his last, it's his make or break season. Mm. Um. Yeah, look, I think that little blip and the bad PR they had, and they brought upon the NFL, people aren't talking about them as much. But I think they absolutely should be up in the second tier. If not, yeah. it's just the yards from that's scary. It's the the yards to his counts for, um, like I heard a stat today that Tyreek Hill and, and a lot of people weren't too hot on that decision for him to, to leave Kansas and kind of some even dubbed at the end of his career. He's on course for a two thousand yard a season season. Yeah, it's um, ugh, he's just proven to be one of those people like you just don't know how to defend him. Um, like you saw him with um, 
Patrick Mahomes. He could just score at will. Like on a third and longs or even fourth and longs, you're like, right, it's going to Tyreek Hill. And the defense knew it, and it did, but it didn't matter. He's just, he's like... And with Tua, Tua can sort of scramble a little bit. He's not like hyper-athletic. He's got a bad hip. But if he can extend the play, Tyreek can improv and... He's a scary player. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. He's a bit uneducated. He's letting enough. If you know yeah, yeah, to that guy. Then, like, <laughs> he's he scrambled for a few good fair few yards. Um, his problem seems to be getting down though, as opposed to actually the mobility. It's actually sliding is where he seems to struggle. Maybe this fears around the hip and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's just. They're just they're and they're 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 a good watch as well. Like four hundred seventy six yards again. Um, yeah, I know it's it's gaudy. It really is. Yeah, so it, like you're technically right. That only loss to Tua as a starter obviously came in the Bengals game. Yeah, where he left the field with a concussion. So they're technically where I'm undefeated with Tua. Tua. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I. I think they could. Like they're eight and five now. They're four seven and six. Like I think they could pose real difficulties for Buffalo down the stretch. Yeah, real I think so. Um, and look, they obviously think they're a dark horse candidate for AFC glory. Um, I'll explain that a little bit more when we're sort of recra- recapping the trade deadline. Have you seen what's been going on, by the way? Do you know what I'm referring to? I've got a few notifications across oh, okay, the, okay. the line. I've seen I've seen a Jags move. I've seen a Bears move. Yeah. Right, well, we'll recap it all at the I've end because we move. should... Um, 15 minutes until the deadline hits, so we should have all the moves in by then. Yeah. Fair. Uh, oh, yeah, so we're going to round out the, the examination of last year's quarterbacks halfway through their second season. Um, and look, don't at me, don't come for me. I know wins aren't an indication of a quarterback's success or prowess or overall skill. Trevor Lawrence has played 23 games, 28 games, sorry. He's 5-23. and 23. Zach Wilson has played 18 games. Obviously, he was um, he missed a bit of time last year and he didn't start the first game this season. He's 7 wins 11 losses Trey Lance is 1-1 one one as a starter oh, that's pretty good it's 50% Justin Fields he's winning 30% of his games 6-14 and 14. Mac Jones is 12-12 12 and, 12, and Davis Mills is 3-17-1 it's not an inspiring inspiring bunch Um, where would you rank them we don't even need to look statistically just gut feeling right now Gut feeling, examining them all in the vacuum. Um, watch them, watch them put Justin Fields number one. Do, 
to, to, be, to, to just like look at them they've not all landed in great spots like I don't think anyone's really landed in the argument is Mac Jones landed in the best spot but even or Trey Lance but obviously we he, know yeah look uh, different reasons are why he's not landed in a good spot um, injuries um, so look I, I'm going to stick a line in Trey Lance because we no uh, yeah absolutely next absolutely. one after two games Chalk him off for now. Hopefully he's back next season. We're talking about. I think, I think Tua and Jalen Hurts should be prime examples for what the franchise needs to do. I think the Bears are are slowly getting around to that way of thinking. You see, they they obviously they picked up a wide receiver today, and they got rid of a lot of uh, cleared a lot of salary cap space basically. Mm. You look at what the Eagles did this off season. You look at what the Dolphins did this season. Basically, went big. On weapons yep. for a third-year quarterback. Arguably, a lot of these sides could look and do that. I'd be fearful for Mac Jones because Bill Belichick has shown a poor track record in offensive talent pickup. The only one, arguably, is Randy Moss, and um, that worked anyway. Make arguments for Thomas Brown was a good pickup, just not mentally there. But um, if I was to rank them. From what I see with Mac jo- with, with the quarterbacks play, I think Justin Fields is the most talented. I think Trevor Lawrence, his pocket awareness is fantastic. That's why he was the most pro-ready quarterback. But he, he's kind of... He's like, he's top five the last two seasons in uh, sack ratio. So he's the top five in... Like as in, he's up there with Mahomes. He's up there with Brady. Rogers, he just he doesn't get sacked. Mm. But where is he in interceptions? He's starting to throw inconsistent. He's starting to throw inconsistently. For me, a ceiling for for Trevor Lawrence is prime pre twenty eight and three. Matt yeah, Lawrence. yeah. So he's good. He's above league average. Yeah, but he's going to need weapons to be successful. Yeah, and a lot of his misthrows. Zay Jones on the run the right the I'm there with you on, on Trev I think um, he's very frustrating to look at, at to look at it when he's running he looks good as a runner some of his passes are fantastic but he's he's also a bit um, Carson Wentzy in that there are some easy throws and he just blasts them he puts way too much mustard on them and they just sail over his receiver's head um, which, which is ironic because he doesn't have a deep arm doesn't have a cannon for an arm. Um, he's no, he's he's not got the same reputation of having a cannon as in a for an arm as you know Lamar Jackson or some of the Josh Allen that yeah. type of. So we are, I I think I would put Justin Fields up at the top, um, just mm-hmm. given that he's he has looked and I've given out about him promising with nothing around him. Um. Whereas we've seen Trev have some pit bits, but around him, he still struggle. So who do you have third on the list? I actually put Mac Jones there, and I put his poor performance on the weekend. I put it down to the whole weird benching in the Bears game. I think it might have just wrecked his confidence. I think who's been the two... Who's been the two kind of upstarts this season at quarterback position? We've talked about them ad nauseum. 
It's probably Jalen Hurts and it's probably Tua. Who was the third quarterback in that Alabama quarterback room? Um, I think it was Mac Jones. Yeah, I think you might have something there. I think he might be better in his in his third season. But look, I I I'd put him third. Zach Wilson. Pff, I might put Mills ahead of Zach Wilson. Look, I think so too. Mills. Mills gives me the impression that he could be one of those um, journeyman sort of quarterbacks. He's very solid. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, and he's in a brutal position. That's what you got to bear in mind. The Texans are, like, they are a dumb yeah, stuff yeah, going absolutely. Out. And he's steady in the ship, like so. Yeah, from so I, oh look, I, like talent wise, Wilson's better than Mills, but production wise, Mills is probably better than Wilson. The only thing, I just to tie it all together. Look, I know some of the those quarterbacks, and most of them probably landed in bad situations. Did Joe Burrow land in a bad situation when he was drafted by Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, since he were a dumpster fire. Now he looked promising in, in his first year, but in the second year he took Cincinnati to the playoffs. Now you could argue that they drafted Jamar Chase, and that was the you know that big weapon. That we've seen, you know, Hurts uh, get AJ Brown and Tua get Tyreek. So, but at the moment, last year's quarterbacks are just looking like a mediocre bunch. Yeah, it's fair to say. It's fair to say. Um, I'd be in agreement. But look, I, I still think there's potential for them to jump. And maybe look, we're seeing a COVID impact. Is some not going? Yeah. We. We should be judging these players in year three, not year two, because of COVID impact. But look, that's fine. Um, I didn't put the buzzer on for that one because, yeah, like I said, let's just talk at nausea. Um, but that final five and goal yes. for tonight. And it might be a Sasquatch-only concern. I mean, maybe it's a, a potential lack of professionalism that I can't label it exactly what it is. But the Vikings are 6-1. and one. But there's something, for me anyway, that's horrifically unconvincing about them. Is it just me? And if it's not just me, what is it about them that's just so unconvincing? Um, I think for me, it's, well, look, their O-line's good. They've got Dalvin Cook, class running back, good backup running back in Alexander Madison. They've got um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Decent enough defense. It's quarterback. It's Kirk. He's fine. He's steady, but he's not scaring anybody. Um. No. To me, it it feels like everything's compensating for him. And look, he always puts together good stats, and he looks like a statistically a good quarterback. But he's just so goofy back there. I just. They're all checking. <laughs> yeah. I. I really just think that's what separates, you know, teams that finish with a, a winning record and teams that do well in the playoffs. Um, there is a a threshold yeah. that Kirk just doesn't quite the clutch. He's not. He doesn't have that clutch gene. The likes of Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he looks good behind a, a window of numbers. But when you walk into that dealership, it's uh, it, it's <laughs> I don't know how to finish that analogy. It's not it's not the. 
a window of numbers <laughs> is up there with a glass case of emotions. Yeah. yeah. In terms of emotional juxtaposition. Yeah, look, that's it um, for me. It's it's Kirk. He's he's just we know what he is. <laughs> You're right, good night. And yeah, look, I just it's just there's so many weapons. But but like right. Let's just examine them in a in a in a vacuum. Okay. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook mm. as a trio are they vastly, vastly superior than Debo Samuel, George Kill, and Christian McCaffrey. Is it vastly? Yeah. Oh, um look if those those trio of weapons, are they vastly superior? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. If if you took Christian McCaffrey out of that, who would be the next person? Um, I don't know. Maybe then you could say the Vikings trio is better than, but no, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I think San Fran's trio is is better. Only just though. Um, yeah, only just. But I well, uh, Thielen's sort of fallen fallen off just a lack of Jimmy G, at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think they're a little bit like. So it's just it's it's just quarterback play. It's just quarterback quarterback play. Simple. We've we figured it out. Um. Yeah, I think uh, we we knocked that point on the head, and we knocked it on the point on the head early. Um. Yes, it was. Look, that was the last of the five and goal. Um, and right now it is time for the week nine previews. Week nine preview. Yeah. So I think it is yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna knock through these fairly quickly now. Um, let me just switch over to my bookkeeping friend. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Houston. They're thirteen and a half point favorites. Um. Look, last week I took the Eagles under their large spread um, against Pittsburgh. I can't think of a reason why the why they shouldn't be able to cover here too. They they just look they can do anything. The only thing we haven't seen them is a a fourth quarter comeback, and I don't think we're going to get that this week. So I just I trust Philly. They got the rest of their starters in the fourth quarter. I think Philly rolls. Fair. And the other thing to, to note with that point is obviously that could be kicked to Friday evening depending on potentially World Series. Uh, That's right, yeah. Delays. Game three was rained out, so. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but moving on. Um, Chargers make the trip to the Falcons. Chargers are three point favourites. Uh, Chargers off on the back of a bye. They'll have rested Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler both kind of Carrying Knox, look, the, the Falcons have a big win, but I think Herbert's capable of bouncing back and kind of um, with his now healthy wide receivers and, and, and obviously uh, Jared Everett's back fit as well. I think the Chargers win and just about cover that spread at, at six and six point four. I think kind of leaps through it. Yeah, um, I think they probably will. If this was before the bye, I'd say I'd take the the Falcons to cover anyway. But 
I'm just going to assume they're all healthy and Justin Herbert looks closer than last year. So I'll go Chargers too. Uh, Miami next are traveling to Chicago. They are five point favorites. Um, I I really can't think of a reason why that spread is so narrow. Um, I think we're both in agreement that Miami are a dark horse AFC super team. Um, we saw the Bears trade away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn last or prior to to this week, um, or Roquan Swift just yesterday. Um, I'm taking Miami here. Um, the only logical reason that spread being so low is maybe you hadn't factored in the Roquan Smith uh, trade and maybe there's an allotment there for weather in Chicago this time of year. That's the only thing I can think of um, for shortening the spread, but no, I, I heavily back Miami in this one. Moving on, uh, Panthers haven't looked so promising last weekend um, at Cincy. I think this is a massive massive bounce back game for Cincy they need it to be um, otherwise we all get very concerned about how lackluster that Cincy def- uh, offense looks without Jamar Chase um, yeah and, and the key reason here for me is the Panthers defense is struggling like the offense has actually looked okay with DJ Walker DJ Moore and Dante Foreman but Defensively, they're getting picked up. They're starting to struggle. Um, I think I actually don't have a spread listed. Um, I've got seven. But uh, Bengals favorites. Oof! I don't know if I back them to. Don't know if I back them to cover the spread. No, I don't yeah. think I would either. Um, yeah. PJ Walker's just got that little spark. Um, and I think. Look, we saw. I know you're saying it's a bounce back for um the Bengals. I don't trust them to bounce back with Jamar Chase out and then we saw their O-line struggle again and then, you know, the Panthers have uh, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. I, I I would think the seven points here, I just wouldn't be massively, you know, blown away with the Carolina Panthers victory. Of course, I think Cincy will win, but I'm taking Carolina Panthers plus seven. Fair. Um. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers going to Detroit. Um, Aaron Rodgers is three and a half point favorites. Look, we've spoken uh, a tiring amount about how Aaron Rodgers is not um, looking as sharp as he was in the last two seasons when he went back-to-back MVP. At the same time, the Detroit offense has also been a bit of a mystery. Started very hot. Cooled off, went into Dubai, Dubai, not you know the city in the United Arab Emirates, um, but then came out hot again and then cooled off against uh, Dallas. I don't trust them. Um, although Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift had a nice game, I still think I take Aaron Rodgers here minus three and a half. Yeah, I think so. Like much is made of how Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago he absolutely owns Detroit so yeah I still I, I, I back Packers in this one um, moving on two of our more I suppose disappointing sides um, 
Raiders at the Jags. Raiders are one point favorite. How? I actually think they look at it. I think it's a tricky. How? Huh? Obviously, I there's a knee jerk from the, the shut out. How? Yeah. The Ra- Raiders are point favorite? Um, yeah. You think it should be more? No, I think. Ah, uh, maybe it's a bad ride. I thought I would have had the Jack, uh, the Jags, the Jags minus two, or two and a half. Yeah, minus two and a half is what I would have had the Jags at. Despite giving out about They're Trevor Lawrence. Them, yeah, They're yeah. Coming back from London, huge factor. But look, I actually think, I yeah, I fancy the Jags in this one. I fancy them to. To end that kind of long losing streak, I just think Derek Carr is playing far too poor to trust a presence. And I think, well, I think a huge aspect in this is, is is Darren Waller going to be fit because he hasn't been fit the last two games, and it's kind of been evident. Um, so for me, Darren Waller's back fit. It's a different ball game, but I'm back in the Raiders of the Jags in this one. Um, yeah, I'm back back in the Jags. Like Las Vegas, they're. They just lost an away game in in um, New Orleans there, so they're gonna have to travel again and muster up the strength to to beat Jacksonville. It's a tough ask. I'm going with the Jags here. Um, so Sam Ellinger uh, and the Colts traveling to Gillette Stadium to play the the Pats. Pats are five and a half point favorites. Um, I'm assuming we see Mac Jones here. Give me the steady Mac Jones and Patriot defense. Uh, Ellinger looked good, but not consistent enough for me. He's a rookie quarterback against Iowa. Yeah. one of the best defensive lines. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Say no more. It's a lot easier to take than that. Crazy good. Um, yeah, um, I suppose moving on. Bills at the Jets. Bills are, by my making, 13-point favourites. And do you know what? I think they're going to cover the spread and cover comfortably. I think Brees Hall, his loss is is huge. The Jets just become pass-happy. And Zach Wilson is not a man you want. Under center, if you're going past happy, and I think that's oh, I think that's Ellinger. Yeah, look, um, they lost Brees Hall and Elijah Very Tucker. Thirteen points is a lot, particularly for a Jets defense that's playing well. Um, at home, too. at home, I'm gonna take the Jets plus thirteen, just because that spread is disgustingly big. Um, and the Jets' defense has been playing really well. Um, on to what you would consider fraud Vikings traveling to Dan Snyder, his abode. It's a revenge game too. Yeah, yeah. His Kirk Cousins is gonna go ham on Chairman revenge Snyder. Game. Um. Vikings, three and a half point favorites. And it's in the six o'clock window as well. Yeah, exactly. So we don't need to worry about primetime cousins. This is this is a revenge game in all its glory. 
uh, look, three and a half point favourites. We we don't do locks of the week on this on this show. We maybe we will next year. No. Um, but three and a half points to Minnesota. Give me that every yeah. day. Yeah, they they can't cover Justin Jefferson. Like that plan just can't. Um, I said yeah. we were going to recap the trade window. Like they're cutting Willie Jackson. Like, okay, maybe not their best corner this year, but I don't know how this point spread is so narrow. Yeah, nor I. Nor I. Maybe it's the tr- it's the revenge game. <laughs> Must be. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm looking at yeah, yeah, I back Minnesota to, to cover this as well. Um, yeah, next up, far more intriguing game than it would have looked at the start of the season. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals. I have it that Cardinals are two point favorites. Yeah, me too. Um, which I'm not sure how comfortable I am with. Um, maybe. The fact that Cardinals are home, maybe it's the fact that D Hop looked lightning. He did, but Cardinals have a bad record at home over the last two seasons. So I can't even imagine that. Cardinals have a bad record. Yep, you heard it here <laughs> first. The Royals are 0 and 1 since the new lease of Cobb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks here. Nothing much more. Back in the Seahawks. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like, they Back them. keep surprising us. So I'm gonna keep um, rolling with them. Yeah, um, and I'm back in. I'm I'm going back something here because we, th- we talk about the Seahawks a lot, and there's one player we keep omitting in our discussions of the Seahawks. And I, I wrote it down, and I was like, mention him today, and I forgot in all the fire and glory. I'm back in Tariq Woolen to have himself a game. I think I've been very impressed by. Yeah, that. I think when um. We a couple of shows ago we did um, just an update or current odds on some of the season award front runners. I think he was on defensive player or rookie of the year. I showed him some love then, and he's yeah he's having a year. I really yeah I might have been ignored. You probably were. Sauce <laughs> Gardner is obviously running away and stealing all the headlines, but Tariq Wallen, ooh, Sauce has the name. What <laughs> the name that just sticks on his lips. Yes. Tariq. Some some draft class by Seattle. Anyway. Mm. <sighs> disappointing Maddie Stafford is going to Tampa Bay to play disappointing recently divorced Tom Brady. Tampa Tom. Um Tampa Tom is three point favourites. This is a tough one, or is it nah, I think I take Tampa Bay minus three here. Um, it it would depend on if Coop is playing or not. If Cooper Cup is playing, I'd probably take the plus three. But then again, the points probably change if he's playing. But at the moment, I'm just going to take the books to slow down the Rams. And I think we have seen um, Brady and Mike Evans get on the page a little bit more the last couple of weeks. Obviously, two weeks ago, he had that bad drop. Um. But that was just a few inches from being a, a, a beautiful touchdown. And then last week he looked decent with against the or against the Ravens. But um and long rest as well for, for Tampa. 
Yeah, look, I, I don't know what way to think. I think, obviously, part, part of me says, I'm backing the Rams for this. But then the other part of me says, look, it's out there now. There's no secret. So I think that might take a lot of pressure off Brady. It might keep him kind of back to a semblance of what, of what is his current best. Not his all-time best, but his current best. Um, I think I'm just going to back the Rams and no real logic or rhyme or reason behind it, just gut instinct. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, moving on, Sunday Night Football and hands down potentially the game of the week. Uh, not sure I understand the point spread. I think it's a lot more tight than the spread is uh, given. Um, so it's Titans at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Chiefs I have is 11 point favourites, which I think is far too strong. Maybe that's because there's kind of, is Tannehill going to be fit? I've got 12 and a half points. Tannehill's gonna I've got 12 and a half points, so that's even wackier to me. I don't think Tannehill's, I don't think Tannehill's all that important. Like, we've seen on the weekend, like, I know it was the, the Texans, but... I don't know, though. I think what Malik Willis is now is what everybody thought Jalen Hurts was coming into the year. Like, good running the ball, but just really underdeveloped as a passer. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a widespread until you consider Malik Willis is potentially going to be quarterbacking. Um, yeah, which is fair. Look, and, and and I get it, and I get that the Titans secondary probably looked a bit leaky. Mm. Um, and I get, and you're going up against arguably the most talented quarterback in the competition, talented, definitely arguably the most talented. Um, but I just back Derrick Henry to just yeah, they've got reliable King Henry in the back. Yeah, I think I would definitely yeah. take Tennessee yeah. plus twelve and a half. Just be a big boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Baltimore traveling to New Orleans. Um, Baltimore minus three, three point favorites. Uh, I think I'm taking Baltimore here. They should be the better team. We saw them pick up Rokon Smith. Um, so he should be, he should be fully or close to being fully acclimated by the time he plays New Orleans given it's a Monday night football game give me Baltimore minus three yeah yeah enough said full agreement on that one full send um, yeah I think that's that's all the six teams on a bye this week um, it's a bit of a bye again but uh the, the roundup. I don't think we're going to do punt on the field live on air. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. Uh, just tune into the the social media on Instagram. Um, yeah. Not a good week. Not a good week. I won't lie. Uh, Las Vegas screwed me. Um, and and Arizona finishing just outside the alternatives or the alternate spread. So not good. I think in the meeting, what we're going to do is just. We're going to very quickly go through a lot of the trade transactions and just very, very briefly discuss. All right, so the first yeah. one up, um, yeah. Buffalo trades with the Colts. Buffalo receives Naheem Hines. The Colts get Zach Moss and a conditional fifth-round pick in the upcoming draft. I think Buffalo wants the pass catch and running back. 
and they get it yeah Zach Moss I think maybe Jonathan Taylor is that maybe it yeah it's not a bad trade um, yeah um, it's okay yeah I grade it a B both sides yeah yeah solid for both sides um, this one's going to be a bit harder to um, to grade some of these aren't going to be as uh, black and white clear cut who's a winner who does done well the Broncos are trading with the Jets um, so they're exchanging fourth round picks next year and Denver is going to receive defensive end Jacob Merton I don't know too much about Jacob Merton he's obviously not a prolific name but um, uh, yeah look you're going to have to really just maybe just say Denver comes out on top just for maybe slightly downgrading their their fifth round pick and getting a player yeah yeah maybe yeah oh now this is intriguing jaguars trade for suspended falcons wide receiver calvin ridley going to jacksonville that could be good for trevor considering yeah, we were what saying what did they give up hmm what did they give um up? so atlanta receives a conditional fifth round pick and a conditional second round pick. So that can obviously become a Jacksonville Jaguars first round pick. Obviously we don't have the, the conditions. Yeah. But uh, potentially a really good yeah, trade. I, I think you I think you gotta put weapons around Trevor at this stage. Um, and good for Atlanta, they were looking to move off Calvin Ridley anyway, and they might get a, a first round pick out of it. Yeah. Um Yeah, I give that a I get a B for both sides again. Like, born on a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Trev needs receivers, a receiver like Calvin Ridley and Atlanta got good comp. Calvin probably needs to get himself up out of Atlanta too. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, this is obviously the big headline transaction was um, Denver trading Bradley Chubb and a fifth round draft pick to Miami and Miami trading Chase Edmonds uh, first round first round draft pick in the, the upcoming draft and a 2024 fourth round draft pick so you're kind of set you're almost if you, you kind of discount the late round draft picks it's Bradley Chubb for Chase Edmonds and a first round draft pick what number was that first round draft pick um well, it's, it's the upcoming one, so it's whatever Miami's going to be. They obviously think it's going to be a late-round draft pick. Yeah, but, but, but does that suggest that they believe... No, sorry, hold on a second. Like... That first-round draft pick, um, the Miami Dolphins obviously had their draft pick forfeited because of the Stephen Ross incident. So this should be yeah. the Niners. The Niners' first-round pick. Which does that mean that they believe that Tua may be the guy? Because I know it's still a first round draft pick, so it can be flipped for a higher first round draft. Pick. Yeah, I'm assuming so they that means they they're be. they're locked in on Tua now. Yeah. yeah, good piece, a good piece. Um, they get they they nudge the needle in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, Denver obviously looking to reload after Javante Williams goes down to an ACL. Um, this kind of I think this sort of announces that they don't think this year is the year 
obviously Russ having a slow start. Mm. So I think we're seeing Miami going in and Denver saying next year. Yeah, look, and I, I know we got the win of the weekend, but it's all sorts of talk that Nathaniel Hackett, any loss is going to be left in London. You don't turn that situation around without a seismic change. Um, a win just kind of masks mistakes for a week. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes on Denver. Might not be convinced that Hackett's the man. No. Which I don't blame so I said Washington might release Willie Jackson, but um, they said they were going to if they didn't find a trade partner, but they have. They're trading Willie Jackson and a seventh-round pick, a conditional seventh-round pick in 2025 to the Steelers. And in return, they're going to get a conditional sixth-round pick in 2025. So that's basically Washington giving Willie Jackson away. Um a 2025 yeah. conditional late round picks yeah that's just giving him away he didn't he wasn't working out in Washington so not surprised by the low compensation um, one of the more high profile moves is Chicago receives Chase Claypool for a second round pick from uh, the Bears yeah we've I think we mentioned or alluded to this um you got to put something around Justin Fields to see if he's the guy. It's not enough. It isn't enough. But, okay. but, um, but it's a move in the right direction. I don't um, think... And look, Chase, Chase will go well. In yeah, Chicago. he's been streaky, but you can't move off Justin Fields in good faith at this point because he's, he's not had anything. So at, at least give him something no. and um, maybe you can... Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have traded with Detroit. Um, Minnesota receives TJ Hawkinson, a fourth-round pick in the upcoming draft and a conditional fourth-round pick in next year's. Detroit receives a second-round pick and a third-round pick in two drafts' time. Um, I think that's... It's, it's, someone, it's someone I would have liked to see in Chicago go for. Kind of safety blanket for just yeah. Team. I think I think that's a um, terrible trade for Detroit. Look, he's not been particularly healthy, but trading him in a division, yeah, and you're getting a second around yeah. a second and a third round, and you're getting rid of two fourths. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, yeah. and then obviously we're not really going to discuss the Ravens acquiring Roquan Smith because that happened yesterday. Um, but I suppose just to go over them, uh, the Ravens get Rokon Smith, the Bears get picks, Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs in exchange for picks. Immediately off IR. Yeah, and then obviously what kickstarted it all was um, Philly trading for Robert Quinn. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. To be honest. Uh, I thought we were going to see a few other moves. I thought Philly was going to pick up a running back, but not to be. It definitely ramped up about five o'clock Irish time. Mm. The last three hours was plenty of, of flurries of movements and stuff like that. But look, look, maybe there's been some movements we just don't know yet because it hasn't been confirmed by league officials. Yeah, possibly. Um, that can happen too. But look, that's 
That's bizarre for me. Yeah, I'm done. Just about done talking there. Yeah, done and done. Done. So I guess, uh, thank you. And see you now, folks. Zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I Get mean, there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.